You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Uh, today is, or, well, not, to, well, kind of today, depending on whether you're counting it as the day we're recording or the day um, when this airs, in which you will then be outdated and inaccurate. But the Phantom Fellows demo just went live. <laughs> so Congratulations. So we're totally old news now. Sorry. That's mm. the, that. yeah, that's... Um, that's why we're... It's not just classic gaming. It's classic news. It's classic everything. <laughs> we were going to interview Paul to talk about the demo, but nobody cares about it anymore. Because that's like so half a week ago. By the time this airs. But actually, it's just... Semantically. <laughs> uh, well, we're talking about it now because it aired today, this morning, to be precise. Mm-hmm. Um, so congratulations, Paul, and us for totally helping. Yeah, no, for real. You said that in a way that the audience would be like, I bet they're not actually helping. But you are. That's the, that's the <laughs> twist. <laughs> so I guess in a rare episode of the CGG podcast, we are basically interviewing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, we we've been we've been real careful about about you know talking about this, mixing it with the show things and, and and that such. But we're going with the we're going by the rule of, of everybody gets one. So we would have interviewed we or I should say we've interviewed plenty of game developers and given them a spotlight on their games. So we're like you know buddy, let's let's give ourselves one here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if you've noticed a and, lot of uh, interviews that we've been doing lately with indie devs, that's just us building up our karma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I totally have a few questions for you guys about the game, so I'm looking forward to this episode. We're usually the ones who are giving you questions about our game, to be honest. So I think that's about uh, fair play. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, sure. Everybody gets a turn. Well, I'm I'm going to jump right out of the gate and say, like, why a game? And did the idea come first to make a game, or the idea came first, and then you thought maybe it would also make a good game? Like, how did all that go? Well, it's funny you should mention that off the script. Um, I wait. Hold on, my cat's got a. You don't have to cut this. My cat's got a paper bag again. You guys gotta stop with the paper bags. Bloody junkies. Um, okay, so yeah, the, the origin story, right? I know this bit. I'm on the other side of the looking glass. Um, I, I think I, I said it to Rick Best one day when I was like. I've been thinking about making a game and almost making a game for about seven years now, since since mm-hmm. since my boy was, you know, in in the womb. <laughs> that's you know, I've, that's weird, right? That was weird. So, but it doesn't matter for a long time. And and what I had said to Rick was like, I never would have thought that the game I'd be making is this one, in the sense of like, I haven't spent my whole life always wanting to make a game that involves even a ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it's it just. I'm really, I can be like a, a total perfectionist and I have a really hard time settling on something. And especially where it's like a game, like you're going to do this for years and, you know, you better <laughs> love this idea and, and blah, blah, blah. So I think one night I was just like, I'm, I'm going to do it and I'm just going to go with like the first good idea that I come up with and I'm just, I'm just going to marry it. That, that's it. Like we're just blind date, get hitched and see how it works out. Um, that's always so a recipe it, for success. Yeah, exactly. Some say Get I play it too fast and loose. But, <laughs> but no, and that's not to say that I don't love the idea. I, I really do. I just mean, if if I started 
if I really started picking it apart, I, I could do that with anything. I, I would just pick it apart to where I don't make it. And so that's mm-hmm. what happened for seven years. I'd have an mm-hmm. idea and I'd tear it apart until I just didn't do it. So this time I'm like, we're just, I'm just sticking with it. You know, doesn't, doesn't matter. So yeah, that was the idea and, and the, the, or the inspiration behind the idea. And then I guess the actual idea for the premise of the game, um, was not Blackwell, uh, the Blackwell series uh, mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. um, in the sense that I, I, I played all those games and I love those games and, and everything that Wadget Eye has, has done. Um, but I just, I just kind of forgot it existed. Like I wasn't <laughs> thinking about it in an inspirational way. I, I wasn't thinking about it mm-hmm. at all. Um, well, so I did think my idea was a little more original for the first two weeks until my brain reminded me of Blackwell's existence. that often happens too i mean everything now is is just an idea regenerated no matter where it comes from and that that's okay too i i totally sympathize with that because uh back in a previous life when i did a lot of um um short films i took part in a local competition for making short films within 48 hours and i was totally like thinking hey you want to be really innovative you want to be really cool i you know uh I worked on it with a friend. We came up with this idea uh, and I'm not going to describe it just to save some time. But basically mm-hmm. I didn't realize at the time I thought we were just told, com- uh, I just totally thought that we we're coming up with like really cool new ideas. Not necessarily mm-hmm. like no one's done them before, but thought, Hey, this would be kind of uh, interesting if we did this. Cause we don't see it around very much. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to just basically, uh, you know, when I showed the script to my friend, he like pointed out, he just listed off, all the things that I'd seen like within the last few months that were clearly, you know, feeding into the ideas that I thought I came up with on my own. So it, it happens, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad to hear that too. Cause it, you know, it's one of those things where like, as you're telling it to somebody, no matter how well they know you in the back of your mind, they're like, they probably don't believe me right now. <laughs> Cause it's like, how do you just forget? I'm like, I just, you know, I, I was honestly, uh, artistically and sty- stylistically more appropriately i was trying to to differentiate myself from dark side knowing that i was going a direction that looked like that um because i wanted to but i was i was so concerned with making sure that 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 the story the characters that everything was was as different as possible while being mm-hmm. a point and click adventure game uh, <laughs> that's comedy based you know um in an old school style well, it's different. Yeah, I guess it's, a, it's a different kind of game altogether, anyways. I mean, when you get down to it, every person that creates a game has a little bit of themselves in the game. So this game's the same way. Yeah, that's a good point. There's, adventure games are so much of, uh, so much about heart and the, the people that actually wrote them, because you basically mm-hmm. you know are spending a few hours with their personality, and of course exactly. we're all different. So yeah, yeah. And I played Dark Side, and I was like, I, I really like. I love this game. I would love it even more if I could walk around and explore like a, you know, Sierra LucasArts, you know, more traditional point and click. But I really love that truly two dimensional view where, you know, it's only left and right. There is no up and down. Um, there's just, there's something cool about it. And, and, you know, I wanted to see more of that. So anyway, that's how that all came to that. But um, well, it's kind of like that game we played at Halloween time too, in that sort of fun blocky style. The long reach. Yeah. The long reach. That one reminds me too of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The, there's something about the, the 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 white lighting and dark. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't put words to that. But <laughs> no. I, anyway, I, I was, the last thing I'll say on on the the, the whole initial point was, it, it dawned on me one day where I was like, you know, if a plumber in space like like Roger Wilco can be 
taken straight from Planetfall and everybody still loves Space Quest, then mm. it's all good. You know, it's <laughs> we could mm. play this game all day, and I think at the end of the day, if there wasn't things to compare the game to, you'd just be like, well, it's an adventure game that's trying to be funny, so it's like Monkey Island. I think it was a little bit closer than that, because I think the first thing I said was, uh, just so you know, if you do pursue this, people are going to uh, compare it to Dark Side Detective. Like, it's, it's not mm-hmm. going to escape the comparison. Well, and I just, I just want to jump in about Blackwell, too. It's not the same in that Blackwell is trying to be authentic, somewhat historical, uh, actual places in actual cities. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more on the serious side in that way. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean and and again there's yeah. it's one of those things where um there's so many things we could list off as to why the Phantom Fellows is different from all of these things but it's still never really going to escape comparison. No. So even good. even like if comparison. to yeah, even if to say why it's different, mm-hmm. we're still going to always have to explain why how we're different. And right? that's good too cuz we're talking right, about the right. games that are out there, mm-hmm. indie games and and that's all good all around. I mean talking about it is keeping it out there. Yeah. I mean I mean it is good. Uh I mean I think that uh it it was pretty close in a sense that it, it was a little bit obvious like, you know, uh, as Paul was saying, oh, if you make an adventure game that's funny it must be like Monkey Island. And I think like, well, you know, you know, it's not that broad like if you were to make a comedy adventure game about a guy who wants to be a pirate, then yes, it kind of deserves to be compared to Monkey Island. Yeah. So it, it's not just like, oh, well, I don't see how it could possibly be related just because it's a funny adventure. It's like, no, there's definitely comparisons to make. But for my end, I was a little bit wary of the idea at first, but it's actually turned out to be a good thing in that knowing that we're going to be compared to these kind of really pushed us to try to make ourselves more different. Yeah, yeah. Even even in in really tiny details that that most people might not even notice. You know, th- mm-hmm. there's there's a little something everywhere that that separates. You know, there's there's a, a curve where there was a straight line, um, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's also pushed us to to I think you know just just make the the best game we can to be hard on ourselves and and you know constantly take great material and 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 condense it down and throw stuff away we love and all mm-hmm. all just because the bar was set high you know then then you got to step up and make the best game you can so mm-hmm. well let me let me go backwards a little bit i mean okay paul you're telling an origin story rick you're talking about helping now how did these two stories converge why are you helping paul with a game how how did that all happen huh. um I'll give. I'll let you give your take on this first, Paul. Um. Okay. Not I... not that our takes are different, but just you know, your your <laughs> through your eyes. Um. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll I'll present it in a much less threatening way than it really went down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I when I when I told him about the game, I was I was a lot of that. I think I I put a little too much on how he was going to react to that. Like if it was like you know. Mm. Oh, really? You know, like, you know, tell me more about it. And then I'd be like, okay, well, you know, we, let's do it together. You know, I think that was like the, <laughs> that was like the envisionment. But So you had a crush on him before he knew you had a crush on him is what you're saying. I get it. Yeah. Get it. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is one of those grounded stories, you know, it doesn't always work <laughs> out like that, kids, but you don't give up. Uh- <laughs> well, it's kind of funny you say that because I'm, I'm starting to think now and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just kind of putting two and two together. Uh, because you're saying that you're kind of gauging my reaction to the demo, the original, like 
pre-alpha mm. version mm. of the demo mm. um, where it was kind of like just the thing that you worked on and maybe now you're going to turn it into a game. And you're probably waiting for me to be like, hey, that's really cool. Can I help with it? But instead, <laughs> I was just like, here's all the things that I think could be better. And just like... <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, if I'm... You- I'm going to buy a house, Rick. I'm taking you with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I, 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 can, I mucked everything up in the beginning of that timeline-wise. So, so believe it or not, your, your reaction to the demo was, was, I think, from what I recall, what started the conversation of doing it together. Because while I do recall you immediately coming up with things that could be better, your first reaction was better than I thought. Because mm-hmm. you, you, you're... you're more of a keep your cards to your chest kind. You play, you know, you, you, you're just you're cooler than I am when it comes <laughs> yeah. to this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's true. And and so so when you react with with using like the phrase like really funny or or something like that, mm-hmm. albeit you probably put like actually in front of it just to take it down a little bit. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's funny. But, but, I don't I don't keep my cards close to my chest. I I actually am pretty straightforward. I I am very honest person. And I try to yeah. be blunt while at the same time not being a jerk, right? Like, I don't <laughs> think that being brutally honest means that you have to be, you have license to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. So, right, right. I, I, I want to do my best to spare people's feelings in the sense that I don't want to be destructive with my criticism, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to back down from criticism that I have. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, you're you're not gonna not say it in fear that it might you know hurt mm-hmm. them. You'll just word it in a way that that you know does yeah. does its best not to, which you do well. Like, yeah, yeah I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say not not that I thought this, but uh, if if I did, I'm not gonna say oh man, this sucks. Yeah, right, right, right. yeah, yeah. No, and the, it was your it was your willingness to jump right in with suggestions um, that that made me realize you know this this you know this could work. Like, we. He might want to do do this together because he's concerned about the game. He or, or or you know he he if he's trying to think of ways to make it better, then there's a good chance you know he he might you know want to just make the whole thing better. Um, so kind of, kind of you know kind of kind of went off from from there. And yet yeah, uh, I don't know. I think we've we've kind of found our feet pretty quickly with with working together. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. I think surprise. I don't let Rick get away with with any sort of. Yes, right. So I don't let him get away with any down talking of himself or un- underselling himself because he has to deal with you know thirty thirty messages a day from me probably with just you know questions and what do we do if mm. this and that like that. Well, I mean, when I say surprisingly, it's because um, not necessarily that there's any you know conflicts between you and me or anything like that. Uh, we've always gotten along, but. When I say surprisingly, it's because there's probably, historically speaking, there's probably like a 50% chance of anyone getting along with me in a creating mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. So people I've worked with <laughs> in the past creatively, it is it is seriously love or hate. Mm-hmm. Um, you ask anyone who's worked with me, they will either tell you that they will always work with me or they'll never work with me again. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I I said right away I would never work with you, and I haven't since. I've stood by that. Because we argue a lot. I mean, I'm sure nobody hears it here, but it's only because Rick does the editing. He just pulls out the stuff when I'm yelling at him, and he's yelling at me. I only leave things in that make me look good. Of course, of course. But yeah, so there's that. And uh, but I, I'm curious, Paul. Like, at what point did you start working on this? Like, you said that it's been sort of like uh, 
you know, obviously you came to us when you had something to show, but at what point were you starting to work on it? Um, that's a good question. So, because there was actually you know, I, a time like immediately before you gave us this thing, you actually had this weird um, thing where it actually like was painful for you to even look at screens, right? Yeah. Um, it, it was. Um, God. So that that is where the where the story for the game started. So I I missed a bunch of podcast episodes uh last year, probably like September, October, November, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was going through a health thing with, with like vertigo problems and an issue that started with my ear, and I couldn't look at screens. It wasn't really pain, but I couldn't look at screens without getting like quite violently nauseous and and just mm-hmm. yeah, vertigo's it's it's just the worst. Um. So without being able to look at screens, which all all the best things are on screens, like that's you know it's amazing how how little to do there is nowadays without a screen involved. Like, um, and honestly, for the Vertigo thing, it was kind of the same with books. Yeah. Oh, but no. um, but anyway, super boring. Yeah. Yeah, and even writing the damn you know ideas down, um, we you know kind of go in like little bursts. But um, it, yeah, that that kind of inspired it because. Yeah, for like the last seven years or so, I've been trying to make a, a game, um, just because I, I just I love adventure games, and I don't play any other game. Like I feel like I, you know, I'd be a good candidate to make an adventure game because I'm always <laughs> dissecting them and this and that. So, so I don't know. Like like once a year, I feel like doing pixel art. Another time a year, I felt like doing AGS stuff, programming stuff. And and after like seven years, it finally aligned. And and at the same time of year, I wanted to do both. So I'm like, let's <laughs> bloody seize the moment and. Um, because I, I was off of screens, it was a good time to to flesh out just a really really vague skeleton for for how the the plot would go and uh, like I barely ha- I, I I did have a B plot but like barely it was it was rough but it was something to at least start drawing and, and coding which is what I needed to just just hit the ground running and go and I got the first room done which is is now day one which is basically a it's like a, a just a, a soft intro. A, Borderline tutorial, super short on purpose, blah blah blah. Introduces you to the world of the game, um, <laughs> but that that was the the alpha beta demo thingy that I, I had given just you guys, just With to see like disclaimer. okay should should I do this? Yeah, you're yeah. like don't mind the spelling. I assure you, I know that there's spelling mistakes. Okay, I get yeah. it. That that's not <laughs> what I'm asking about right now. Is this yeah. even viable? Is this a thing that should happen? Or like, and I was so curious. I'm like, oh my God, what's in his head? Like, <laughs> I didn't know. Like, I've talked to you in that, but I've never seen inside your brain, you know, like I've, yeah. I've seen it through music inside your head, yeah. I think. You know, but you, this you, is different. You'd also be surprised um, because I've done writing for, you know, I alluded to the fact that I used to do uh, f- some short film stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to be a lot more active as a writer, and you'd be surprised how many times I would uh, give somebody a draft, and I'd say, this mm-hmm. is a first draft, like, literal first draft. I wrote from beginning to end, I j- like, the all of the dialogue is placeholder, so don't even pay attention to the dialogue except just to see what's going on. I just want to know about the story, and mm-hmm. everyone will always inevitably point out yeah the dialogue's weak you're just talking like there's no subtext you're mm-hmm. the dialogue sucks and all that it's like i specifically yeah. said but. yeah what's with the placeholders jeez no they don't even notice it's placeholders they're <laughs> acting as if like that was the dialogue i was gonna go to camera with well that's yeah exactly i've, I've come across stuff like that before right. <laughs> anyway sorry paul <laughs> you were saying 
no, no. That's I think I I pretty much reached the the, the end, right? That's the mm-hmm. perfect time to to hand the baton from from yeah, getting to that alpha stage and mm-hmm. gauging reactions. And it was it was positive enough from both of you guys to to be like, all right, this you know this is worth the mm-hmm. insane okay. amount of time it'll take. But quickly, was that like, had you ever drawn a pixel character, I mean, on paper, in a computer, on a program, in a paint program? Like, had you ever made a character that could potentially be in a game or the look for one? Or was this your very first time? Sorry, to expand on that, uh, not to ignore Mm -hmm. Anna's question, but to expand on that, like, did you do pixel art generally? Because it looks like Mm -hmm. you've been at it for years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know where stuff goes. Thanks, guys. Um. (laughs) um no i i hadn't i i had i had i don't know trying to trying to be realistic i probably had like five or ten hours experience you know maybe (laughs) like like something (laughs) like that like one time i drew i drew a rabbit in like a kernel suit for the cover of a of a single for for my music um just just for fun like i i definitely need if i'm gonna just draw i do need direction so like i (laughs) That, that's why I never really got into pixel art because I, I had no reason to obsess over it. Where now it's like I need this room for this game, and and you know, it's it's the perfect you know mm-hmm. um, momentous machine. Or what are those bloody you know those fake those fictional engines that never stop? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Anyway, perpetual motion. Um, yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> So um, in, in terms of your art process, because yeah, you, you don't really do streams. I don't even know. You just show me your end results and stuff like that. Um, so you, you talk about how it's like pretty much entirely hand-drawn. Now, obviously, you add a few lighting effects and stuff like that, as you've mentioned um, uh, off-air before. Um, yeah. But for the actual art, do you do you do pixel by pixel or do you kind of like trace shapes? Or like what what is the actual process for your pixel drawing? Mm, that's a good question. I, I mean, I guess I, I have one by accident, um, but it's, it's because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's only been, I, I did, I think I officially really started this like, like mid November. So it's still only been, you know, five or six months since I've been doing it. But I guess I, I'll sit down. I use this app called Pixaki. If you, if you're an iPad person, with a pencil and want to do pixel art, it's amazing. It's it's twenty four dollars, but it, it's like if you look at it as a program, like a true program, it's really powerful and it should probably be like one hundred and twenty dollars. It's awesome. Um, so I use that, um, which is great because you know I'm full time single dad, so it's nice to be able to like follow my son around the house if I have to. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But as far as actually drawing, um, I just I just have to just start going. You know, like uh, pick mm-hmm. a background that's that's good on the eyes. I try and I'm trying to use the I'm trying to use weird colors, you know, slightly. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying not to use like stereotypical pink. Like if it's going to be pink, maybe throw just like a tiny blue in it just so it's a little mm-hmm. more interesting. Um so I'm doing things like that, but it's yeah, I I don't I don't really trace or use um ref well no, I do use references, but not in like a draw over sense, more just like um pull up a picture on my phone and and set it down and and just, you know, kind of glance back and forth. Um and and yeah, just kind of kind of go. Animating's the same way. Like I, I still don't really know what I'm doing, but it's like <laughs> you look at it and you're like, okay, well, there's there's like nine pixels that make up the arm, and now, yeah. you know mm-hmm. now the arm's got to you know go to the mouth, and so you just you just kind of cut the mm-hmm. pixels out and like shove it in the direction you want it to be, and then and then oh, yeah, I mean, obviously with characters you kind of have no choice but to go to draw it pixel by pixel, but for like the backgrounds. Do you mm-hmm. go pixel by pixel, or are you basically just drawing it with the pencil onto an iPad? 
basically drawing it yeah like okay. um i don't know if you th if you think about like uh like a bathroom of tiles like i'll just draw you know four of the tiles and copy paste it um but but for the most part the resolution i'm doing is so small you can't you can't really paint like i get jealous when i watch pixel artists and tutorials and stuff where they 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 they, they paint a canvas you know just just kind of free form moving their hand and, and it just looks so nice and relaxing but uh, the resolution i'm doing is so low that every single pixel really counts so um right yeah, yeah, you can't just like have this cavalier brushstroke attitude about it because the game's in 320 by 200, like most Sierra and Lucas games. Um, mm -hmm. technically, Sierra was uh, 320 by 190 because of the bar at the top, but um, <laughs> I, I draw it in, I'm sorry, I draw it in 160 by 100 <laughs> and, and then export it twice its size, um, just to you know right. not have to draw four pixels for every one. Oh my god, so much of this nerdy knowledge that you have about games and version is actually coming in handy in your real life, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's all coming together. <laughs> they shouldn't have taught trigonometry in school. They should have taught <laughs> Sierra games. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Boxonometry. Big boxonometry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, even on your Steam page, I mean, you, you've got the horse and he, he does a little thing and he, he sticks out his little tongue, this little like, bloop, and so much character, right? I mean, it says a lot, <laughs> your little pixels. It's a lot of humor in that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, that, I think that's the fun part of it, too. My brother does stop motion animation for, for a living, and um, I, I, I can see a similarity between the two of us, finally, in the sense that, that I... I do get a kick out of working with the limitation. Like it is kind of fun mm -hmm. to be like, okay, you've got you've got literally six pixels to make this look like a candy bar in a vending machine. <laughs> Your move, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, so, so that part's that part's definitely definitely kind of fun. But uh, I will say, anytime I start a new sprite for a character or a room or whatever, I I, I experience one solitary emotion and that is terrified because every <laughs> time I start, I, I don't think I'm going to pull it off. Every time, like I don't know how to, um, you know. Mm -hmm. do that where do you draw that first pixel and what, what where yeah. does it go from there well who are the characters <laughs> what is this game i mean we're all talking about this game as if people understand who and what it is and why it's compared to like what is this game that we're talking about who are the characters that we're, that's a we've good met point. so far that's actually a really good point because it's like you know yeah. i keep saying how it's always going to be compared to others and to prove that point we've only talked about it in comparison to others and not what the actual game is so it's that game that's compared to the other ones yeah i've heard of that one yeah yeah i listened to a podcast episode about it i don't know what it's about but i know what it's not about yeah <laughs> I know, but it's not. They they've not assured me it's not. Oh, that was a train wreck of a sentence. Uh, <laughs> believe it. Um, <laughs> so, like to to lead into it, like was there any actual? Because um, we've established that the story was kind of um, the story wasn't entirely inspired by any real singular source. But was there anything that kind of did have you um, that kind of directed you towards this particular story? Um, yeah, I would say the the angle of thought was I was looking for just a fun a fun mechanic for an adventure game, like just trying mm -hmm. to think about, um, especially if you introduce like trading off back and forth, like um, you know many games, Day mm -hmm. of the Tentacle, uh, standout example. But you know, just with that kind of stuff in mind, like what's I, I just wanted to, I'm still, obviously still just trying to find like the just the most fun, like what are the coolest mm -hmm. bits of everything? Because I I feel like. A lot of a lot of adventure games 
um, have have one awesome thing about them, but not a mm. lot of them have like you know three or four. Like a lot, you know what I mean? Mm. Like you, you can only get this in that game and this in that game. So I'm, that's that's been the angle. So when I was thinking about characters and story, I'm I'm more thinking like what what can be fun to play with as a player, uh, and that's that's where I landed on ghosts. Where I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. so it can be based in the real world, um, which which I I guess I wanted, and. <laughs> Uh, um, you you could still have you know you could still have a, a mystical side. Um, you wouldn't. You, I wanted to keep it fresh, you know. So it's like you're not just always a guy with a guy abilities, you know. So you could you could switch off sometimes and and have the abilities that a ghost would have, whether it's you know floating through things or or whatever. So yeah, it was it was kind of from a game from a player's perspective is where where the story was was crafted around. Hmm. And what story is that? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> um, I almost feel like reading my own tweets to to get a to recap. I'm very sloppy when I explain the story. So, so in in short, in short, it's it's the idea was if if you could only see uh, if you could see one single ghost, what would you do? Um, and I, just just to make it a little more interesting or not as common is what if you know that go you don't even know the ghost it's not it's usually like a relative right so like what if it's just you just get stuck with a random ghost like what's that like and what if he's a dick or, or not um, <laughs> and and then furthermore like you know what would like just a, a a schleppy guy do if he had that you know how how could he how could he make his life more interesting or, or better or whatever for, for having this, this one oddly specific ability? And I figured that would be to monetize it. So, so you know, you got to make a living. Might as well use what we got. So because he can see ghosts, they, they become uh, not ghosts. Well, kind of ghost hunters. I don't even know what that is, but, but paranormal investigators. Mm-hmm. Um, answer calls of haunting. And, you know, Oliver, who's the main character, can deal with with the humans, the, the breathers, as we're calling them, and... and you know, there there's some bloody characters. Let me tell you, there's some fun to be mm-hmm. had there. Um, <laughs> and and Ingle, Inglebert, uh, Inglebert Pink, uh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I'm not sure if I've ever said it out loud. Inglebert Picklebender <laughs> is the ghost, <laughs> and um, he's kind of old timey. Like uh, we're we're purposely a, a bit vague on exactly what era and time he's from, but he's he, he'll give you like a 19th century kind of vibe and. Um, yeah, he, he so he's the ghost and he's he's able to talk to the spirits and um and the spirits basically negotiate. Sorry, I forgot what I was saying, like why I was saying what I was saying. I'm like, is this for me? You just wanted um, to say picklebender. Yeah, I did. I did. I made a thing of it. I really struggled and it just blew the pacing of this whole thing. Um <laughs> But but to, to wrap it up, so so they they go on these cases, um they're on a day by day basis like Gabriel and many other games. Um and each case is a new scenario where, you know, you show up to, to a girl's house or, or a farm or whatever, and they, they explain the, the haunting that's going on there, and you have to go d- deal with it. You have to ha- have Inglebert kind of negotiate with the ghost to get them to, to preferably leave or, or at least behave themselves, um, learn more about the ghost. Some of them might want, like, eternal rest and peace. Some of them might just want an object. Some of them are just kind of dicks, and they want to haunt people and, and just, you know, they're a little pranky. Mm-hmm. So there's that element, and then the other element is like, as I was thinking the story through, I'm like, well, you know, if, if I was in this situation and I was the guy who hired the Phantom Fellows, I'd, I'd probably mm-hmm. want some sort of proof that they did anything. 
before I paid them. Um, mm -hmm. So that adds kind of another mechanic angle to the human side of playing the game, where where you have to you have to kind of MacGyver your way into proving that. Uh, that you did something at all. Like we know as the player and as Engelbert and such that, that you reached a deal with the ghost if you, you know, completed the, the day. But like, how does the human who even hired you have any idea that, that all these things you said were true? So you have to find a way to, to, uh, you know, do something spoopy, make something, uh, supernatural kind of happen. So they, they, uh, they pay you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's it. Does it get consistently harder as you play like does it build on itself or does it stay pretty consistent in its difficulty level so far well a, a lot of the answer to that is 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 first of all yes and and th and thanks to rick it does so so rick mm -hmm. you should you should take that one and explain what, what we're doing to expand day three and you know all that um, kind of stuff i i think that difficulty wise it's probably not escalating as much as we really should be. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's still, as of day three, it's still pretty easy. And mm -hmm. uh, I think like at least the first half of the game, people are going to find it a little bit easy to get through, uh, mm. perhaps disappointedly so. Um, just because it's fine if it's like the first two days, but then the third day, I kind of, you know, we it is a bit easy, but it's almost kind of like... Um, almost by design mm -hmm. in that one of the things we really try to focus more on in day three is alternate solutions. So if it's easy, it's because uh, we're trying to make it so that what you think of is correct. It's mm -hmm. just that there's different ways to think of it. So you could just do like, Oh, well, what if I just do this? Oh, Hey, that actually worked. And now we're done <laughs> compared to, Oh, well, what's the way that, uh, you know, what is the way that should be done? Because it's a little bit smarter or more clever mm -hmm. and uh, that sort of thing. So, you know, it's going to be pretty easy just to get through, but there will be different ways to get through it. Mm -hmm. And um, we've also, I think Paul already kind of had the idea to just keep introducing new elements. We've just kind of like uh, basically decided what those will be. So, you know, starting from day three, you'll be able to um, uh, start from about like midday, day three, middle of the level you'll start to be able to backtrack to previous locations mm -hmm. to uh, try to find uh, things that might be of, of help. And uh, you know, so moving forward, we're just kind of, you know, kind of trying to focus a lot more on doing interesting things with the gameplay. Mm -hmm. But is the there a actual... reason to go back? Are things going to change in previous locations or is it just there for like, it's not that anything's going to change. It's more just sort of like, uh, Hey, you know, back in the other day, we saw that item that could really be useful right now. So why don't we go back there, take that, and then use it here? But and couldn't you have taken it then? I mean, what what's the difference between when you were there then and you saw it because you would have taken it being an adventure and being able to then. go back? But if, like, I saw it, I would have taken it. We are not what, going to let that difference? happen. Oh, so it's not takeable till until you need it. So the reason you'd go back is that would be the difference. There will be a few items that you can take that won't necessarily be used on that day. Just kind of red mm -hmm. herrings. Just what's so not totally blatantly obvious what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But uh, there will be some items that you just aren't even interested in until it becomes relevant later on. So in this game, we're just basically saying that if you notice something that could be of use to you, if you noticed it a while back go check it out again. You know, first of all, you can have a new conversation with people and, and, and get more of an open world feel where you, you know, you're not, you're not stuck somewhere. You can travel where you want, but also in the sense that, um, you know, there, there might be items there. 
even if you don't really know exactly what's going on, the, the, we all have those moments in adventure games where, where you want a little nudge. So sometimes, you know, let's say, let's go back to the diner and you look around and you're like, oh my God, you know what? There's a, 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 a lighter right there. And, you know, that could actually solve the puzzle I'm stuck mm -hmm. in. So anyway, yeah, just trying to weave well, like see, a yeah. interworldness into it. And the other thing too is that like, in an, especially in an adventure game, it's, uh, it's not just an RPG, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just the player can just do whatever the hell they want. It's, you know, we also have to kind of keep a consistency with the actual character. Mm -hmm. So if the character doesn't need something, they not they might not necessarily take it at that time. Mm -hmm. Or at the same time, like Paul said, you know, Oliver's not just a blatant thief. Like, he'll mm -hmm. take some things, but if he's he's just borrowing them, he will bring them back. Mm -hmm. Right, so uh, we we don't want to just like, d despite what the player might want to just like take everything and take it home, Oliver would not do that. Mm -hmm. yeah, right, you might right, yeah, steal totally. somebody's special collector's lighter fluid or something. <laughs> yeah. you know, that would be yeah. Bad. It, we kind of got it so like he acknowledges it's theft. So if he really wants it, like he he knows he's stealing it, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's you know it's a it's a line to walk there. But no, exactly. That's kind of tonally the the stage the stage mm -hmm. we set. But but having the having the map, the the kind of fast travel map open up from day three onwards, um, is mm -hmm. is a lot of fun because it's again you know it gives it gives more of an open world thing, so you don't feel like you know confined to this one location and then obviously give it a reason to be there, which would be you know having new conversations or potentially meeting new people um and and most definitely seeing objects that could help you solve the puzzle in an alternative mm -hmm. solution kind of sense we also kind of want to go with a um one of the tropes of modern adventure games that kind of really is not one of the one that i'm particularly fond of i think neither is paul or you know a lot of people that i know mm -hmm. is um we want to encourage backtracking just for the sense of freedom and exploration but we don't want to make backtracking like uh um, how do I put this? A, a talk quest? Yeah. I mean, we don't want it to just be like, find the thing to talk about and talk to everybody about it kind of mm -hmm. thing. Right. So it's more and just you get passed back and forth. Go see yeah. this person for that. And then once you unlock that dialogue, you go back fetch to the other. Yeah. yeah. The fetch yeah. quest with dialogue and it's, it's mm -hmm. not fun. And it usually, it is more side questy, time killy. So it doesn't advance yeah. the story. And mm -hmm. well, you're not so, trying yeah, to kill not, time it, either. You're not like, this game has to be exactly 47 hours. Put in some yeah. fillers, right, right. put in a few more yeah. fetch quests. And, and the way right. a lot of it's executed these days, it's not even, you know, there will, it will be obvious sometimes to like, okay, well, this person was, I was trying to find out this information for this person. So I got to go back to that person to tell them. Mm -hmm. uh, but then there's also so much of like, okay, well, now that I know this, it has kind of unlocked me to talk to everybody about that. Mm -hmm. And this one person will know something. So I have mm -hmm. to make sure to ask everybody mm -hmm. about this thing just to yes. see what happens. So, you know, it, you get a lot of these scenes, which in the context of the game, it is what it is, but you know, it's hard for me to put myself immersed in that world when it's just sort of like, you know, f five times today I kicked down Granny's door, mentioned mm -hmm. a name, she doesn't know what I'm talking about, and I just leave. <laughs> you know? What are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's why we, we tried to make the backtracking, I guess, more object oriented than, than person oriented. I mean, obviously both, but yeah, definitely not, mm -hmm. not to have, not to have the, the, the kind of fetch quest or, or talk quest sort of, sort of scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, and one other thing that does, uh, differ from the demo, um, 
so to those listening who, who have checked out, thank you very much. But uh, one of the other things that, that'll be an enhancement, I guess you could say, uh, in addition to the map unlocking in day three would be from day three onwards, we, we made the, made the decision to allow a player swap between Oliver and Engelbert when, whenever the player wants. Whereas in day mm-hmm. two, in day one, it's not possible. Day one's super short. Um, in day two, um, it's selectively possible. And from here on out, we're, we're just going to keep it, keep it unlocked. Um, you know, asterisk mark just to be mm-hmm. safe, but you know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah, I, I just wanted to point that out too, because I, I do think, the demo does its hopefully does its job in the sense that that it should kind of whet the appetite. But mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I'm truly excited for don't really start until day three because mm-hmm. I, I incorrectly earlier said that the day three gets harder. Um, and as Rick pointed out, it, it it probably doesn't. To be fair, we won't actually know that until you and a few yeah. other people test it and tell <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. Um, it's easy for us. But, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. From from our guesstimations and experience, which is little so far, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's much harder, but who, who knows? Because it's impossible to predict how hard your puzzles are going to be or easy. Yeah, it's true. But, um, mm-hmm. but, but that being said, it... it Instead of saying yes harder, what I, what I should say is yes more complex. Mm-hmm. Um, day three yeah. gets, is definitely going to get a lot more complex as far as just more puzzles, more characters, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, open fast travel, uh, sorry, fast travel map and, and switching characters when you want. And the, um, the is, without spoiling anything, like the, the, the B plot starts in day three. So it, it really starts mm-hmm. kicking off, um, to what should should end up being seven or eight days to still Very to be decided, cool. but yeah, hmm. the current have... uh, the current plot map takes us to about day eight. I was gonna yeah, say, like, right. have do you have an overarching like storyline and beginning, middle, and end, or are you leaving a few <laughs> things open here or there? Um, everything's subject to change. Yeah, but right now we do have a day by day synopsis for uh, an eight day arc. Okay. Yeah, that's what your Steam yeah. page says. It says eight days at this time. At, oh, good. Uh, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of what the Steam page says is subject to change, like the release date. Yeah, I mean that's uh, as with anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think that yeah, is definitely, definitely what we have in plan mm-hmm. right now. And basically, the way that we have it all set up right now, I it should work. Like we definitely can't mm-hmm. take any days out. Um. I, I don't know if we will have any need to put a day in. And you know, at this point, you know, at this point moving forward, I don't think we would really put a day in just to have an extra day. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, he- here's what I really need to know. Y'all are telling me what is in this game. What don't you want to see? Like, what is it that ticks you off about other games that you've made sure not to include in this game because that's satisfying not to have it in there? Okay, actually, I'm going to answer that opposite of what you wanted so um (laughs) not that there's anything that we don't or in this particular case it's not about what we didn't want in there but i did insist on putting deaths in the game because i hate that games don't put deaths in there yeah i'm really excited about that i i i presented that to rick as as I kind of almost, I think, left it up to you in a sense, where where I, I was, I, I wanted them, but I also understand why not to. So I, you know, we the more we talked about it, we we just immediately talked ourselves into doubling down and some, where it's like, you know, this is, uh, you know, we we grew up playing uh, Sierra and Lucas Arts, but because mm-hmm. we also played Sierra, a big part of adventure games for us is is the thrill of dying. So. So we came up, we came up with some guidelines before anybody listening who, who doesn't like Sierra and Des, you know, gets panicky or says, ah, oh, man, that was, it was so close to being good. Um, mm-hmm. 
we, we're playing it fair in the sense that that right now there's one death a day. That that is subject to change if you know if there's an opportunity for maybe a second great one in the day, or whatever. But we're keeping it minimalistic is the point, and we've made it so the only time you can die is if you willingly choose to do something that should kill you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like you know a staircase thing or or just being punished for curiosity. None of that. You you would have to pick mm-hmm. up an object that is known to not react well with the other object you're using it on. Um, it's like, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. you were you walked left and now you're dead. No, it's not like Leisure Suit Larry or yeah. something that way. <laughs> so much like you know, as I've said countless times before, I think that the games that handled adventure game death. Um, the best have been uh, the Quest for Glory series and Maniac Mansion. So that's mm-hmm. kind of really the philosophy that I subscribe to, where it's like, if you're going to do something that kills you, or mm-hmm. if we're going to put in something that kills the player, it has to be either a willing choice to the extent that you have to kind of go out of your way to do it, or um, it has to be so profoundly unwise that <laughs> the fact that you didn't think there would be consequences deserves to be punished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I am I am about to pander to the to the LucasArts audience. We we straight up followed Ron Gilbert's rules for death from what he put in mm-hmm. in Why Adventure Games Suck. We we followed his his rules. You know, this this is death death by LucasArts rules. Um mm-hmm. which, you know, they have a great point, you know, make, make it fair. Don't don't use death as a punishment. Mm-hmm. Thing, things like this. So so yeah, I, I think it's I think what we did basically was compromise because yeah. I Despite how long they take to animate and implement, I, I probably would like a lot more. Like take, like finish the game and then spend three months just doing deaths. <laughs> that that probably would be awesome. But but at the same time, I, I think it's a compromise because I think sixty percent, um, at least of the adventure game market nowadays is heavily on the Lucas Art side of gameplay, mm-hmm. and and you know I, I'm we're, I'm just uh, I can't help but be aware of that, and I want to make games that they love too. So mm-hmm. you know we're mm-hmm. basically just coming to a compromise where it's like you know we're not gonna we're not gonna do deaths like e the way you might think of them when you think Sierra. We're gonna do like just one a day. You're gonna have to ask for it. And then yeah. we all just move on, and it, you know, like the, the, hopefully you get a laugh. The Ron Gilbert philosophy of death is basically that uh, any reasonable player should be able to get through the game without dying, mm-hmm. right? Right. Mm-hmm. I think that that's pretty close to uh, the as well as I can get to his own words without actually having memorized it. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was basically what he said: is like any reasonable player should be able to get through the game without dying. So I think. That's going to be the thing. Like if you're if if you are a LucasArts player and you don't like dying, um, then you will not die. Yeah. But if you're a Sierra gamer and you like dying, you'll be able to find a few deaths. Exactly. That's like a, don't a stand underneath the anvil. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Sierra players, and and this isn't from this. I'm not saying this like looking down like well Sierra players like not like that at all. I just mean the Sierra players are going to. They're going to look for the deaths. They're going to see objects and think, "Hmm, I wonder how this could kill me." Because it's it's just it's ingrained. Like when you, if you're a fan of that kind of stuff, that's part of the reason you like it. Is because you, you know, nobody picks up like a shard of glass in a space quest game and doesn't wonder how it's going to kill you. <laughs> it's, it, there's there's something just just kind of fun about that. And and as Rick brilliantly said, if you if you are a Lucas Arts player and that's you know you, your brain just doesn't look at items and adventure games that way totally fair then you probably won't look at them in our game that way and therefore you're not going to find something stupid to do with it that'll get you killed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
but even I think a lot of the LucasArts players, just knowing there's one death in the day and, and you have to do something stupid to earn it, I, I hope that makes them want to try to find it. <laughs> but do save your game. Do save your game. We're not, yeah. I, I'm not, we, we, we did a committee vote and, and it was two to zero in our democracy of development. Yeah. And, and we decided not to do respawning or anything like that because, you know, a, a death should have consequences. And, and we want it to be a death and not a cutscene. Yes. Basically. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, to conclude, like, if I were to draw any, you know, nearest neighbor example, it's basically Maniac Mansion. Uh, if you can handle the deaths in Maniac Mansion, you pretty much know what to expect coming from this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but just further to Paul sort of implied that there was kind of a debate as to whether or not we're going to put deaths in. Uh, on my side, there was no debate that I wanted them in. Mm-hmm. The only reason there was any sort of a, um, a modicum of, of uh, uncertainty in presenting the idea was because it suddenly dawned on me how much work would go into it and that's entirely on Paul's shoulders. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like, okay, um, I never thought about this before because I only ever just thought, you know, deaths are fun and cool and whatever. And, you know, when you have like a team of like X times 10, you know, designers and programmers working on a game, you probably don't have to think about it quite so hard. But, you know, when it's like, hey, Paul's doing everything and he has to stop, devote time and go out of his way to create new special animations mm-hmm. to do um to implement this it's like i'm going to put that on your shoulders to decide <laughs> because i don't feel like i should be the one making the final decision on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's and to be fair you're like that with everything too you know, like you be like, I have a great idea, but it'll be a lot of work. And, be, you know, it's, it's up mm-hmm. to me to bite, you know, whether or not. <laughs> yes. That, that is pretty much how every message of mine starts for Paul. <laughs> yeah. Is this is going to be a lot of work, so it's up to you. Yeah. But here's what I think. <laughs> Again, going back to my, um, my background in uh, theater and film and that sort of thing. I know that how, number one, how difficult it is to be able to trust your work into somebody else's hands Mm -hmm. and uh i know that because i've seen how badly somebody can screw it up (laughs) so um yeah yeah uh so i I, i'm just curious like what you know what your how you've been seeing the situation so far in terms of like you know taking a story that um i i know you're going to try to credit a lot of it on me but a lot of it was just me finding that story that connects the dots that you've given me so it's still widely right, right. your story. I've just sort of like found the way to tell it. Um, so I'm Actually, just yeah, that's, that's you kind of you do what I do in my job, which is finishing. I mean, a lot of other people have built the furniture, and there's some great work that's gone into it. But it's the last little coating, the polish you put mm-hmm. on the outside, that really brings it out. Yeah, it, and it, well, it's funny too because in contrary. For for your example, you you would get the the bulk of the credit because they would see the shiny coat and thank the person who shined it. Mm-hmm. Whereas a, a lot of what Rick's done, at least so so far, let's say, is is so structural that that you you wouldn't you would you would notice if it wasn't there, but you might not notice if it's there. Cause you don't have to put it to in, but actually nobody knows about the finishing. Nobody, nobody <laughs> remembers it's at the end and it's like super expensive and like nobody even knows it's there. And nobody <laughs> yeah. like I have to explain to people the shiny stuff on the wood. <laughs> let, let me put it this way: to, to put it into furniture-wise, um, mm-hmm. Paul's Paul would be both the guy who gives me the parts and mm-hmm. then finishes it, but I'm the guy mm-hmm. who assembles it. 
Mm-hmm. Right. There you go. Yeah. He'll give perfect. me the raw materials and then I'll construct it into a table, let's say, and then he'll finish it into something nice and shiny. So he's like the beginning and the end, and I'm just sort of like the guy who kind of ties it together, sort of. Mm-hmm. All necessary. Otherwise, you have a pile of shiny wood on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he's given the game purpose and direction. Like, like I, as he said earlier, his his talent is is strongly in 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 the situational writing aspect of things, and it's like, yeah, that really comes through because it's like you know having really kind of no idea what to do, and what I find fun is 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 just writing like character dialogue and stuff. So, you know, he kind of puts it in in a position where, where that's still all I, I need to worry about, let's say, but um, just to go back to your question, you kind of rephrased it in a, in a second sense. And I would answer that, that it was, it's easy or, or it's, I'm not fearful or worried about it in, in other hands, let's say, just because of our, our relationship working wise and also how we, how we go about doing the game, which would be, it's, it's a lot of Facebook messenger based, this game, the, the, construction of it, but, but, you know, it's going back and forth on it. And then I'll start to, to implement it coding wise. And if I think of some good lines, I'll put them in. If he likes them and we, you know, and I like them a few days later, like, you know, we'll, we'll keep it a lot of times. He'll, he'll help reshape it a little bit, mm-hmm. things like that. So it's, it's, you know, there's, there's always going to be a of, of us, you know, kind of going back and forth, uh, uh, molding and kind of shaping it before the mm-hmm. final product. So I, I think, you know, even leaving so much of the writing up to you, you know, we both know that when we see each other's lines and work and stuff, if we think of something that can make it better, we're going to say it. And a lot of times it'll go in. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think there's always going to be that kind of that kind of uh, harmony or, or both voices heard. Mm-hmm. Just to sort of you know, expand on that and again, sort of uh, not really patting myself on the back, but just sort of like objectively laying it out is, you know, as soon as I first you know agreed, you know, handshake agreement with paul hey uh, i'll help you write this first thing i asked for of course is like hey do you have like a, a like a, a story bible or a plot skeleton or something that, that i can work mm-hmm. with and uh paul basically gave me what did you give me it was like a list of characters and their relationships and um i i, I don't know if he oh, gave me any was there a story like did you give me a story at all to work with or <laughs> Um, Not, I gave you, I gave you a really, really shitty basic B plot that, that there is still elements in. I shouldn't say that after saying it's <laughs> shitty. I, I just, you know, I, I had a, a really crude idea for a B plot that, that you've, you've, in a good example of, of the kind of like symbiotic thing or, or, or synergy sort of thing, you, you took that and, and found something awesome in it and focused on that awesome part. <laughs> mm. Um, but yeah, there was basically just, just a, 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 a wanky little B plot, a little bit of lore, like not lore, but like two or three rules, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and two, maybe two or three um, recurring things. Yeah. It was, it was super minimal. It all fit on a page. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, a lot of my approach to this really stems from the fact that I, uh, um, I think a lot of my creative, uh, upbringing shall we say came from working with limitations and working in competitions or being trained in university that basically you take everything that's given to you and work with it mm-hmm. so when we do these competitions you get a creative package that's like incorporate these sort of things and people will just like sort of like throw them in just to like prove that they're there whereas you know um, me and my team would always like make them 
pivotal parts of the plot or something really crucial or something like that. <laughs> um, and it's all part of improv too, which I suck at generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the principle is uh, when something's introduced, you don't decline it. And uh, when something's mm-hmm. introduced, you, uh, you use it, you, that becomes uh, the a primary element of the story. So one thing which I really didn't want to do um, is to try to like sort of come in here with my own story and say this is what we're going to do. I was more just sort of like, okay, uh, here's Paul's ideas. Here's what he wants. And there's very little that I've actually taken out so much mm-hmm. as I sort of like found the way to like bend everything around to incorporate it in. So you're so, like enhancing the Paul. It's like it's Paul plus. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so it's like it's again, it, it's like the assembly. It's like he he wanted certain things in because I think um uh more and more little by little each day I'm kind of realizing a lot of these little things uh uh based on certain references are, you know, pretty personal to him. So I don't want to say like no, you can't use that. So mm-hmm. much as like, okay, well, how can we use this? Mm-hmm. And funny enough, things have been right. working out really well, all considered. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I, again, I don't want to get too much into spoilers, so there's not a lot I can talk about right now. But all the things that he sort of threw in there, um, which, yeah, n- not saying this to knock you down or anything, but I think a lot of it was probably just sort of throwaway lines, but um, mm-hmm. or throwaway gags or jokes or something like that. But... I don't always particularly like throwing stuff away. So I'm just sort of like, okay, mm-hmm. well, if you're going to do that, we're going to use it and we're going to use it right, a lot yeah. from now on moving forward. <laughs> yeah. This is a thing we're going to use yeah. every day. So <laughs> you, you brought that up. You don't get to just uh, <laughs> ignore it now and say, this is on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm really paying for that in several it was, it was several ongoing, ongoing issues. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, no spoilers, but he's really going to regret some of the stuff he said at the beginning when we get to the end. <laughs> like, I don't even like. I I have every faith in Paul to like do anything, but at the same time, uh, I if I say I don't see how, it's not that I don't believe he can do it. It's just I don't really know how the ending is going to get pulled off. Mm-hmm. I, I don't either yeah i'm still not convinced it will <laughs> hopefully I black out for three days and wake up and it's there yeah <laughs> that's a twilight stephen king style you just do a bunch of like hard drugs and drink a bunch of booze and when you come mm. out of it you might have like cujo <laughs> <laughs> now, now that being said a- again there's there's not anything that i'm particularly married to yeah. if i'm working mostly with paul's ideas then I don't have to get too attached to them. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, if we have to take something out, okay, well, that that's up to Paul and because it's Paul's story. Whereas, you know, if it were my story, I might be a lot more protective of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really, Good way to pa- Paul's been great about not being protective of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a 50, 50 because because of your hyper awareness of that, you know, you're, you, you know, you know, we, we have our own, I guess, kind of a unspoken language of when the other person is it wants it bad enough, you know, or it's like, right. you know, and, and basically we, I think we'll come to a point in the very few instances where, where you might've thought it was best to cut it completely or, or cut it for time or, or whatever. There, there's maybe been like, I don't know, one or two or three at the most situations where it was just like, yeah, I think I'm going to fight for this one. And mm-hmm. that's all, you know, that's all I have to say. And, and, and he's like, okay, you know, that's, it's, it's 
Mm-hmm. If, if it means if it means more to you to keep it than for me to have it not in the game, then that's kind of our golden rule. You know, whoever whoever wants it in or out the most. Yes, that's um, very much. Well, that's kind of. I mean, we all get along here at the podcast too because we don't really take stuff personally in that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all just trying to improve the end product, whatever that might be, and and that's why I think you mm-hmm. guys work really well together in the game. Mm-hmm. And and that's also why, sort of, for the most part. Um, when I come up with ideas, I will come up with like the maximum idea mm-hmm. uh, because just to see what Paul thinks, because it's up to Paul if he wants to do it or not. I could totally be taken down from 10 to four um, mm-hmm. if Paul wanted to do so. It's just sort of Paul generally takes it and goes to 11 with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I totally go in like not even really expecting that he will do it, but just to see if he mm-hmm. might. I know Rick and, says a thing and then Paul's like, I haven't slept in like three days. I'm going to, I'm going to email you guys this thing. Can you see if he like is able to move that pixel now, please? Oh, <laughs> That's pretty literal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty literal. Yeah. Like last night I had a dream that, that my dream was broken and I had to keep <laughs> leaving my dream to fix the code to get the dream to play right. Oh God. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm actually worried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little concerning. Analyze that one, Freud. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ultimately, writing creatively together is, is going to be hard for for anybody. But I think it's it's best best case scenario with us. It's 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 as easy as it could mm-hmm. be, you know, to to, yeah. to to two people that that are passionate. I think what gets us through it is kind of what you um, said a second ago, Anna, which was. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know, but you did say it a second ago. <laughs> Just uh, go back, people, and listen. I yeah. said something a couple minutes ago. It was a thing. And it might be relevant to what I'm about to say, maybe. But um, we we remind ourselves daily that it's it's about it's for the best of the game. Okay, I remind yeah. myself that when when we need to cut something, let's say, <laughs> where mm-hmm. we we really are just for the the best for the game, the best for the player's experience, because. You know, to be to be straight up, we, and we Rick and I have discussed this. We would like to keep doing this. You know, we'd like to keep making more games, um, and and you know, even start generating loose ideas for them and things like that. Mm-hmm. But just in case we can't, for whatever reason, I, like I, I want this to be like legacy level stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. just give it everything you've got. You know, make it something to where if my son was like, you know, 50 and I was gone and he wanted to know more about me, he could play this, you know, th- like, a, the, like a general, not only importance to it personally, but, but an importance to it for, for just saying like, Hey, I think I know a lot about video game or adventure games. So let's bloody prove it. <laughs> let's make a good one. I, I will say it's kind of really catching me off guard how easy it is to work with Paul. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, it, it can be tricky to work with me. Uh, but that's usually with people who are hard to work with back, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you can't butt heads unless there's two heads butting. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I, I'm not saying that I would normally be the easiest person to work with anyways, but I mm-hmm. am generally reasonable. Like I have sort of, you know, I, I just expect if somebody's going to disagree with me, they should be able to back it up. Mm-hmm. Right. And quite often you find that there's not a lot of people who are willing to do that. And then I'm the one who yeah. gets the blame for being difficult to work with because I want people to prove that their idea is better than mine. Yeah. So well. number one, um, that just rarely ever comes up because I'll say like, okay, well, this is what this is what we should do. And Paul will just be like, yep, and then he'll do it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, it catches me off guard because it's like, you know, <laughs> if, if you're going to push against something expecting resistance and it just falls right over, it's sort of like, oh, oh, geez, right, I, right, I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't mean to do that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, but I'm not to say, it's not to say Paul's a pushover. It's just that Paul is no. up to any challenge that I can throw at him. And like I said, mm-hmm. he comes back, um, you know, I'll, I'll give him a 10 and he'll come back with 11 or 12. It's true. And okay. I'll just be like, what? That That's not even what I was expecting. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, well, you, you, working with you, you, your approach that you just explained breeds, breeds an environment that, that is what's best for the game because it's, you know, like you said, uh, what was your wording was, um, you know, you'll, pre- if, if someone's going to present an argument, then defend it. And if there's something that, that you don't feel should be in the game, you present a, a, a very logical argument. And honestly, I'm, I'm sure not only Anna, but a lot of our listeners can imagine how almost frustratingly logical your argument would be. Just, just <laughs> your personality. So true. I'm like, damn and, it, I don't even want to agree with you, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, listen, listen to the Kathy Rain episode where he live mm-hmm. on air changed my mind to mm-hmm. to the point like in in an ex- he he made an extremist out of me like he <laughs> don't don't, uh, don't listen to that episode just buy the game. <laughs> yeah, I, that's very true. Buy the, or both, but but buy the game no matter what. Support indie developers. Buy Kathy Rain. Play through mm-hmm. it. Come to your conclusion, and then listen to the episode. Good yes, call. exactly, exactly. Um. Uh, anyway, so sorry, I was saying that um, the, the, that kind of environment where where it's like, okay, if you're gonna you're gonna say something shouldn't be in the game, and then you present logically why it shouldn't. The, you know, it, it puts me in a position where it's like, one, do you want it in the game bad enough to fight for it, and then two, you know, should you be fighting for it based on this argument, which is you know, again, usually makes a, a just a ton of sense. So it helps me. What I'm trying to say, it helps me filter out the stuff I should keep because uh, I'm. And maybe it's because of what Rick said earlier, where, where the heart of the story w- would be mine. So maybe I'm, I'm just naturally a little more protective of it. But I think, I think more so, just in general, I'm a bit more of an emotional writer, where I'll, I get very attached to things, very attached to lines, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so his his natural approach, that's you know not like a strategy. It's just you know how he is to work with, helps me really filter out you know, what I need in the game. Like, you know, what's, mm-hmm. what's the, what's, you know, the, what's the best, best line? Because what, why I, I, if the game works, if the, if you played the demo and you, and you laughed and you overall thought it was funny, then, then that's first of all, awesome. I, that's the only kind of thing I'd want to hear for the next several months to years. Um, <laughs> reaction wise, I really hope that's the case. But, but if, if, if you did find it funny, it's because, I, I had, for every funny line, I probably had what I considered three to five other really funny lines that I really didn't want to cut that mm-hmm. were cut. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's, um, what do you call it? Like with cooking, when you like deduct something down to like a, a bloody, I don't know, I'm trying to make a cooking metaphor. Like I have no right. Deconstruct it or something. Yeah. Like when you, when you refine mm-hmm. something in, into, you know, it's, it's purest state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really wish I, you know, had a had a working metaphor for this, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the the point is, it's it's the key word I guess is refinery, where it's like, you know, if if you're cutting three lines that you really didn't want to cut and you genuinely thought they were funny, then the one that you didn't cut must be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, on paper. <laughs> right. Right. So so that that's kind of the idea. Uh, I, I guess one question I'd be interested to hear you address is: uh, Do you find uh, 
both creatively and professionally, do you find that you the way you've made music has um, really fed into or played into or really um, mm. enhanced how you go about game design? Good question. Yeah, that is. That is that one I've given previous thought to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess... Like, both in it, terms it, of, um, you know, the actual creative, because I know that you just, like, you know, there's quite a few tracks that you just sort of went out there, made yourself for you, but you're also a professional, so you make a lot of music for other people. So I'm just wondering, like, you know, how this all kind of might have influenced how you work creatively on a game project. Like, is there a lot of um, analogies and um, is there a lot that's synonymous between the two? I think I found myself more able to write um, a, just just a story in general because of the music background in a way that I, I wouldn't, you know, have known all along in a, you know, more in a subconscious kind of way like it, it something that could have been working all along because uh, you know professionally speaking with music it's everything i write is to nudge the listener into a certain emotion mm-hmm. um you know with with anything that the working with scores and things like that it, it's it's all centric around or just around emotions and pacing um just just general things that that should be considered when you're making any sort of story you know a stage play or a movie or a TV show or a video game. Um, just, just kind of basic rules of, of engagement with an audience. So yeah, I, I guess if anything, I'm, I'm very used to, to being hyper aware of, of emotion at any given time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure how that necessarily even connects. It's just the one thing I could draw a connection to that, that maybe it's, um, maybe it's, it's helped prepare me a little better to, to, you know, do to, to write, you know, characters. Yeah, it's a really good question. It's kind of the best I got. It's not really <laughs> satisfactory, but <laughs> that's fair enough. But I, I will add on to that though. I think, I think a potential advantage that our game may, may uh, have would be your, your background uh, with, with theater and, and my background with film to the sense that, that, Talking with you about it, it was it was almost kind of weird because we never really, <clears throat> never really delved too much into like I don't know, even just like lingo, just just things that that you know people who make uh, you know entertainment f- for other people say, and and all of a sudden like that was a, another layer where it's like oh you know you, that's right you worked in theater so you you know how all these things work and and just both of our backgrounds of understanding you know uh, pacing and and character development and. And and really, just what I don't know. At the end of the day, just what what works and what doesn't work. Hope, hopefully, again, hopefully, mm. hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. We are we are assuming a lot in this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is this has all just been done. You know, it's live in like a you know a, a bedroom basically. So we'll see mm. what the world actually thinks. But yeah, on paper, mm-hmm. yeah. We we really don't know if it'll be uh, successful or not. You know, we could just yeah. be like the most unreliable narrators ever. And just say, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it turns I've... out the game in the end is actually like really crappy, and we're sitting here like, well, you know, going back to my days in the theater. Yeah, <laughs> I would expect our, our listeners to 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 stop listening. We would deserve it. You, you can't bang on about critiquing adventure games for 120 episodes and then deliver a shitty adventure game. Yeah, a lot on the line here. 
Yeah, we, we are but, putting uh, we are putting the show on the line on this project, yeah. basically. <laughs> I was saying to Rick off air, but I'll say it here. I've spent more time with this game than I've spent with any other game because I've been really busy this year. And I haven't had time to play a lot of games. And it feels good to play for a purpose. Now I have a reason to play it. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm researching for a podcast mm. episode or I'm testing something out that you guys want to check out in the game. But so I can honestly say not having any part of any bit of the development itself of this game that I'm having fun so far. So if you guys like fuck it up now, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we would deserve it under those, uh, under those yeah. terms. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, how does it feel to be, you know, as somebody who is, you know, basically the player and you are basically our professional player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, where you're very valuable to us is as being a player and somebody who is, uh, versed in Sierra and LucasArts and the occasional accolade um, <laughs> and uh, microprose. Mm-hmm. Are they they're, mm-hmm. the ones who do all the other cool ones? Yeah. Um, Phantom, yeah. Mm-hmm. The other one. <laughs> so how, how is it to Access. actually like, so, you know, what is it like for you to actually be able to play uh, at least the first part and be able to, you know, tell the, the developers uh, expressly like, Hey, <laughs> Don't do that. This should be changed, or this didn't work. Yeah, to actually like have that like uh, one degree of separ- of not even separation, but just mm-hmm. being able to firsthand tell the developers your opinion of what yeah mm-hmm. of your experience. Well, it adds an extra dimension to the gameplay, doesn't it? I mean, I'm I'm going to be playing it in a different way. I'm I'm going to be more critical of it. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to make sure to check everything and and see what does things and is it going to do it the same way again. So how does it affect it? It 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 makes it like how many dimensions is it now it's like got six dimensions or something to me mm-hmm. now it's like it's like playing an overworld game like populous and and you at least have a little bit of control over the ai you know mm-hmm. like you're not playing your own character <laughs> but mm-hmm. what you do influences what the ai does so you're paying attention to yeah. where they're building shit mm-hmm. yeah yeah because that is gonna be it is a weird experience in the sense that you're you're more you're much more in in the the side of rick and i in the sense that as opposed to to probably everybody else um, sends maybe maybe our beta test team, but but on the side of no, you'll never really have a pure experience with this game. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, we keep we keep a lot. Like right now, for example, I'm keeping we're keeping everything we can from you as far as day three is concerned. But in in about a week, maybe less, maybe mm-hmm. a little more, I'm gonna have enough to where I'm gonna start sending you builds again. And, oh, you know, and the you'll first... start talking to me again. Good. I was wondering why y'all stopped talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> it just disappears. Jeez. <laughs> um, but, but, you know what I mean? After, the, so the first time you, first one or, not even, I was going to say the first time you play through day three, you might have like a somewhat fresh experience, but that's not true because the first time that Anna plays through day three, she's going to encounter several bugs that crash the game and ruin the immersion. So, <laughs> so you're really never going to actually sit down and play this game as, because I was thinking about this last night for my own regard. I'm like, I'll never experience this game like as the game. It's really mm-hmm. weird because mm-hmm. like when you make music, it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of the same with all creations. Like if you created it, you can't be surprised by it. But mm-hmm. I would argue with music, like when, when you hear a new song and it gives you that dopamine kick where it's just like, Ooh, damn, that's a good riff or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you write music and you write that riff, you do get that kick. You get that, mm-hmm. Ooh, damn, this is going to be good. Whereas with the adventure, with writing this game, it's like, 
it's all just so complicated that, <laughs> that you know, <laughs> that there's, there's never going to be a point where I sit down and experience it no. um, like everybody else will. So yeah. it's super weird. And, and it's that's, like a magician uh, and a magic show. If right. you're a magician and you go to a magic show, you can't see what the audience is seeing at all. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's the heart of why writing puzzles is so hard. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's why we, we have, and as one of her huge jobs is, to, is she's on like Moon Logic Patrol. Like, hey, just in case yes. if it ever gets a little, <laughs> if it ever gets a little Roberta Williamsy, please let us know. Um, yeah. But but it's it's really hard to write puzzles, and you really don't know where they're at because it's just so hard to predict what players are going to do. It's it's mm-hmm. humans are just wonderfully random. Like mm-hmm. you, 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 in your head when you're programming and stuff, it's so easy. It's not even just me. Like Rick and I will, in a unified sense, be like, when we're trying to predict things for best possible outcomes or whatever the case, you know, we'll be like, most likely the player's going to do this, this, and this. <clears throat> and then the beta t- test team gets it and none of them did any of that. Or it's like, wow, okay. <laughs> like it's, it's, it is, yeah, it's really tough, really tough to, to gauge that. But, um, you know, like like Allo discovered for Sierra that the beta testers are really important to mm-hmm. game enjoyability. Like we're leaning heavy on that because we're definitely not going to deliver a game to you guys that has Moon Logicy stuff. Because well, uh, exactly. I, I won't name the name of it, but I played an indie game recently that that was beautiful and amazing, and everything about it was awesome. But the the puzzles were like old school Moon Logic, and and it made mm-hmm. me realize like not even one, not even one, because <laughs> it's really frustrating. For all three of us. Uh, starting with Paul and Anna, um, since the demo just released, um, uh, and since both of you are obviously very intimately familiar with it, uh, what is your favorite part of the demo? <laughs> My favorite, favorite, favorite thing is the fact that you can click on everything and get some kind of response. And if you can't, I complain and, and they put one in there. Like, I want to, I want to see what happens if I click like the mouth icon on the stars. I want to see, I want there to be stuff there, little, little hidden bits and pieces and Easter eggs. So I like that. Uh, there, there won't well. always be just to throw this out there, but mm-hmm. we do when we can. Yeah, no, I'll I'll let you know where it needs to be. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there there are actually a few really good uh, jokes and mm-hmm. moments that were thrown in there by the QA testers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. It, 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 building off of things they said. Yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but as yeah, far no, as it, a a favorite moment in the game, I kind of like it after the end of the first uh, day when you're back at home. And you're kind of getting your bearings, like, who am I? Because, like, the game doesn't, it throws you in. You're just like, all of a sudden, oh, here you are. Here's your character, and you're working, and there's a ghost. So you're kind of like, okay, you're at home. This is your place. This is a little bit about what you think. This is a little bit about what you do. And then you carry on to the next zone. I I like that transition. Cool. Paul? Well, I, first I'll say thanks for mentioning the, the flavor checks, and a lot of that is, is thanks is thanks to you because yeah, you you will make sure that that we know if something's not there, and it, it is important to both of us that we have a ton of it, a ton of it in there. Like a, a mission of mine is like, um, you know, when you when you just just for an example, if you like, I, I want a unique response to to every single light in the game. Like the, mm-hmm. all the little things where where I think I think that's one area that adventure games have slacked off of, uh, have slacked off of a little bit lately. It's a weird mm-hmm. sentence. It works. Um, 
just, just I, I've just noticed more, more and more um, g generic responses for for or either generic response or no option for for just normal room items, which is fine. But but again, especially growing up like AGI Sierra stuff, where there was something for everything. Like we're getting as close to that as we can, and it's it's exhausting and it's really difficult because there's you know. 18 things per room and Engelbert and Oliver have to have unique things to say about both. But, um, mm -hmm. but no, that's, that's an important aspect. So it's nice to be noticed. But anyway, for my favorite thing, it's silly. It's, um, there's a lot of things I want to pick. I honestly, mm -hmm. I, I want to pick what, what Rick's probably going to pick. Um, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you all if it's the same thing, but, but I think for me, just on a, on a personal note, it's, um, it's one specific joke that I won't spoil. I'll just say it's in the demo in the, the bedroom and the reason I like it a lot is because when I had written the joke, it made me laugh, which they don't all do. You know, it was definitely my way of saying that it, it, it was at the, in the moment, it felt like it was maybe a, a special one, like an especially good line. And then when Trolls did his playthrough of it, it, it got, um, especially great reception from every, from, I don't know, everybody, but you know what I mean? A few people, including Trolls, were, were, um, you know, they noticeably liked it and commented on it. And it, it I think it meant a lot to me because, it, it just reassured me of, of the voice that I'm, that I have and that I'm using going forward where it's like, okay, so you can trust yourself. If you think something's really funny, then, mm -hmm. then, you know, it yeah. just might be. <laughs> so, so it's kind of more representational of like a, of, of a moment in growth or whatever as, as, you know, learning more about being a developer. But yeah, I think that was a moment for me writing wise where I'm like, okay, just trust yourself. It's, you know, if you think it's funny or if you think it's especially funny, it, it, it probably maybe is. So yeah. For the, demo for my favorite part i think there's probably uh you know there's a few things which i would say r really impressed me or I, I think i really liked uh which i actually think is kind of an unbiased opinion even though i worked on it a lot they're just objectively pretty good um mm -hmm. you know thanks to paul yeah. but I, I think uh i'll go with my absolutely biased pick which um I don't know how much you consider to be a spoiler at this point, Paul, but it really is just a demo. I think everyone's already seen it anyways if they watched the um, the Space Quest historian coverage. Uh, but right. the um, one thing I've always thought was a good way to make a character memorable is how they enter into the story. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the characters who will be kind of more and more important as the story goes on. Uh, we had to sort of, we didn't want them to just sort of like fade out of the woodwork. I, I told Paul, um, let's really have at least one character. And um, if not several throughout the game, just really enter with a splash. Mm -hmm. Like just mm -hmm. like, you know, burst on the scene, just like really have like this memorable moment that people mm -hmm. can remember and just sort of like instantly know this character is somebody. Um, and I sort of made a proposal and I kind of even proposed as sort of like, eh, just throwing this out there. And Paul ran with it and just pulled it off like a hundred percent. And, um, and uh, so, yeah, that's, you'll, you'll, again, I don't know how much Paul will consider this to be a spoiler here, how much he does or doesn't want me to really say what that moment is, but you'll know it when you play the demo. Uh, yeah, it's up to you too. For the record, I I, I think it's fine. The you know, it's it's out now, and like you said with the mm -hmm. the historian video, and mm -hmm. it's it's not necessarily uh plot centric or anything either. Yeah, actually, I guess yeah, I, I guess there's no harm in saying that it's Zoe's entrance. Mm -hmm. uh, 
because number one, again, you know, a lot of it, I, I think a lot of Zoe, I kind of, you know, um, have a lot of biased investment in just because a lot of that is kind of one of my more visible um, contributions as far as the demo is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think it sort of culminated in her entrance, which was another thing which I personally really wanted to make a moment out of. And I think that Paul really pulled it off into uh, making it a very memorable moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I even said to Paul, like, uh, if um, uh, when when Space West Historian Trolls said that he was going to do the video in the format of five things that uh, people should people who are making adventure games should take note of. I actually mm-hmm. said to Paul, I said like, if one of them is Zoe's entrance, I'm going to retire right now on top. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out that it actually was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yep, I'm done. See you later. Career complete. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He yeah, never came back. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Something about cigarettes and milk or whatever. Um, <laughs> no, that was the, that was the one that I, that I thought you were going to pick. I promised I'd say if I, if, if it was the same one I was thinking of. Oh, um, okay. And, and I was, uh, the, the, I don't know if I worded that weird. That was the one I predicted you were going to pick. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I almost picked it genuinely because I, I like you, I kind of, I just went with, with my more personal biased one, but, but that one is also just more, more than a scene for me. It's very representational of like, making of this whole thing being the right thing to do you know we're working together as you mentioned earlier like having something that's kind of like your your little thing and letting somebody else in it, it's it's one of those like just answers all the questions of like this is this is exactly mm-hmm. what's supposed to be happening right now and it, it started with you you first really you know impressed i guess you could say <laughs> um not you know mm-hmm. not that hopefully i came across like i needed to be impressed but but with with zoe's development where where you showed me that you know there could be so much more here and you know you really sculpted her in into into you give her a personality plain and simple you know well i I I, again like like i said there were some dots that i think you wanted that Mm -hmm. i don't think was really coming through so i kind of just made sure that they connected those dots like uh, i think um you know at at first i kind of just kind of flippantly but not even like as criticism i just kind of um in in the first incarnation of the demo Mm -hmm. um I described her as Pixel Pam Anderson. Yeah. And and yeah. you were like, that's not what I'm going for. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, well, Oof. that's really how it's coming across right now. Yeah, I, I had to take three whole pixels off her breast size. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's reading like that? Jesus, is she supposed to be a nerd? Like, I, I, the last thing I'm trying to do is, is represent women like, you know, they did in the 80s. That's not, that's not one of the great things about <laughs> Well, you were trying to make it approachable and realistic you're like why would like any how do i put it without making any kind of a spoiler either but yeah trying to make her fit in with the story Mm -hmm. properly like she's in the correct place in the right time and she's the person that would be in that place in that time and and you made a few changes to her character rick or got paul to anyways that really helped that along Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Anna. That, that's the other side of that story, really. Where, where mm-hmm. in the original version of the game, Zoe's the one in the basement in in day one. Um, so again, if you play the demo, that makes sense. If not, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. a thing that's, that's happened somewhere. But um, but yeah, and, and and Rick just brought to my attention, like you know, it's they're already gonna go home together like immediately. Which again, that does happen, but there there was no alcohol involved in in the game, so it's even less likely. Mm-hmm. And 
and you know, like, you know, what are the odds that they'd hit it off so grandly, you know, right off the bat, like maybe give the, give the player a chance to, to, you know, experience what he, how he interacts with, with somebody who's not his fit. So we know that Zoe is his fit. And, and what I'm trying to say is that I, I've, I've already learned a lot from, from, from Rick as far as writing is mm-hmm. concerned. And that spills into mm-hmm. the end of Thank my you. point, which is back. Back to yeah, back to the the main point, which was the the introduction. Why I almost picked it because it was it was again it was, it, the the design of Zoe was was like a introduction to to what he could do and what he could bring to the game. But the the introduction, um, it 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 was the first time I saw my game as a polished, real professional game. Like this is how. Mm-hmm. A game that's asking you to pay money should behave, <laughs> and and it it also represents all the things that I can't and could not give this game if I hadn't brought you know Ricky in. I, I'm I don't I, I I like writing quippy you know character dialogue lines, and and if that's if if I'm any good at it, then great because I think I am, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. But but like I don't know how to write a story like Rick does. I don't know how to 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 do things to the player where. Uh, to to the viewer whatever um that'll make an impact you know like like an intro and as rick said a minute ago with the trolls video thing um by the end of the video there was at least two people maybe more that specifically said i love zoe and that really Mm -hmm. stuck out to me because i'm like there's two or three people who we we didn't know by the way um Mm -hmm. you know it always means more in that sense to to a degree not more but it just it hits different means a lot yeah 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 but it, it 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 taught me a lot about the power of of the tools that he's bringing to things because they said they love Zoe and she does have some lines and some good lines um in in the demo specifically mm-hmm. in the diner but she's not really in the game enough to warrant a couple of people being like I love that character mm-hmm. you know so the, to to me that was all the introduction like I'm not even sure they know why they love her but the introduction was a part of it like mm-hmm. that made them that made them stop what they were doing, pay dead attention, and and, and you know become immediately invested in this character, because um, she you know she's only got like five or six other lines, or maybe more, but you know not many comparatively, and and yeah, f- f- it's it's kind of cool to see the the you know tools that, that writers use you know work to watch mm-hmm. them work. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's because like uh, I I kind of knew because you told me kind of what you're going with, and it really just wasn't fitting because like number one. First thing he does, he's like, um, what was originally Zoe is now Anna, uh, which is mm-hmm. actually not a coincidence. It was named after you, Anna, because um, <laughs> that's how much, uh, you know, we wanted to, you know, give you credit for the help that you've been doing, um, both on the game and the Aww. show. Um, <laughs> but initially, yeah, Zoe was going to be the first woman he met. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we're kind of, sorry. And it's like, you know, we're kind of trying to establish him as a loser. So, like, going home with, like, the first woman he meets doesn't really set that. Mm-hmm. And number two, that she's designed, like, a supermodel. And mm-hmm. number three, that, like, she wasn't even that interested. She's just sort of like, oh, well, just out of convenience, I have to sort of go with you. And she just, like, ends up sleeping with him. So, sort of like, this is really not... I-, I don't know if you realize exactly how much this is kind of... um not hitting any of the marks and i'm not saying mm-hmm. that to like criticize you but like we're kind of to criticize but uh constructively <laughs> so i'm not saying that to like tear you down i'm just saying like hey uh, i i don't think this is really uh accomplishing what you want to accomplish mm-hmm. yeah I, I i leaned really heavy on the i don't want to sleep here alone tonight line i'm like you know yeah. maybe that's enough <laughs> i mean i could definitely see them not wanting to stay in that house anymore but 
that much <laughs> there are like hotels family and friends <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah it's, it, and and really that's a good metaphor for 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 how this game has been designed and how it'll probably continue to be designed which is you know i i present kind of a mess to him that if you if you <laughs> sift through it it will yield some decent little things and and you know he knows how to how to orchestrate them to work for like an actual story and i can focus on art and programming and and, and my you know silly lines that, that all forgets and everybody wins hopefully maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. probably maybe. we'll see maybe yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> anyways i'm out of questions so it's up to you mm-hmm. guys yeah no that's uh, that's that's uh, thank you everybody for listening to our super indulgent episode uh on it we appreciate it and yeah, I, the only thing I'll add is if you if you're thinking about making a game, I I I, I really would encourage you to because I uh, seven months ago I I never programmed before, um and and done a day's worth of pixel art at best. It, it's 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 achievable, you know. Even if you just want to pick one side and and see if you can find a friend or somebody on Twitter to do the other side of it, it it's it's a lot it's a lot easier than I ever thought it was because I used to look at code like just for alien language it was also confusing mm-hmm. and and it's it's really oh. not there's there's a small learning curve but like yeah, yeah it's doable sorry i know i'm the one who keeps trying to uh conclude the show but uh and and then i keep it going nonetheless um <laughs> i do have to say one last thing because i would just like uh i can't not say this but uh, even as myself who's mostly on the sideline like because you're basically the face of the project paul um so it's probably a lot more on you than it is on me. I'm just sort of like more of kind of like a shadowy figure in the corner, but uh, just observing the you on Twitter and social media, the community of the adventure game devs is just, has just been uh, fantastic. Like if, if nothing else, people should try to get into um, adventure game design just to be part of the community. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's I absolutely so it, it, it ties in wonderfully with 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 the sentiments of it's it's not that hard to to get into programming wise, and, and once once you're there, the support is 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 insane. It's it's like I don't know how to say it without sounding just bullshitty or like I'm over exaggerating it because I want you a part of it because it, it's just it's just true. Like it's it's mm-hmm. I, I I personally become jaded to how many times you hear people be like, oh, it's just a wonderful group of people. It's a lovely community. Like you hear it so much. It's like and it never is, is the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like I've, I'm on a few guitarists page on Facebook. There's a bunch of dicks. The worst. <laughs> it's just the worst. Yeah. And, and, and just, you know, it's just everywhere. It, it's 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 everywhere on the internet and then there's this weird unbelievably positive haven of of ad- specifically adventure developers i I, mean, I shouldn't say specifically cuz i don't have experience outside of it but with adventure developers they just they want to see each other win like they mm-hmm. just do i was really skeptical it sounded like bs and i was just like this is just fake twitter stuff but like they're really good people like they're mm-hmm. there for you if you panic with steam or a problem with ags or whatever like mm-hmm. you could i could write literally 12 people right now you know with an ags problem and and mm-hmm. get get a response from all of them from trolls and steven and julie and you know the surprising amount of people that know ags um mm-hmm. yeah the, the community is just insane it's it's I think you know a bulk of his sales for adventure games come from adventure game fellow adventure game developers. They they're all mm-hmm. just crazy supportive. So yeah, it's a cool little world. You should definitely definitely consider it because I know a lot of us just think about this stuff like I was for years and not do it. So give it a bloody go. 
I highly recommend AGS. I, th- I think it's the best for several reasons that I won't get into, but check it out. Troels has an awesome uh, tutorial that, that for me was the one. Like the, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's one, there's like a 40 part series that's more informational that you really need. But Trolls is the one where when you watch it, you're like, I can do this. Okay. He presents mm-hmm. in a way where you're like, this is not that far enough. It's just normal words inside of brackets. We're good. We can do this. Right. <laughs> All right. I'm done. Anyway, thank you for listening to our, our episode. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. Come, buddy, join the discussion. And the community, it's it's a lovely community. <laughs> no, bloody, it really is. Um, we're on Facebook, uh, Classic Gamers Guild. You can find us there. We're a page and we're a group. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter now at CGG Podcast. Uh, a little shaky, but yeah, we have a new <laughs> we have a new uh, Twitter handle. It is. The same as our Instagram handle to simplify things again at CGG podcast. Um, if you're already like following and stuff like that, it's, it's all good. Everything is the same. It's just the handles changed. Um, but yeah, so check us out there and send us an email. Um, I really enjoyed doing the last episode. So please do. I'd like to, to read more off to you guys. You can do that. Um, from you guys to you guys. Anyway, you can send it to mail at classicgamersguild.com. And a huge thank you to all of our Patreons. We love you guys. We really appreciate you sincerely. Um, and an extra special thanks to those in said tier, which would be Una and Gus, Jean-Francois Paget, Jay Holmes, and Mark Fillion. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. So cool to, to read off uh, four names, five, 4.5 names. Thank you, guys. Love you. Um, that's it. Oh, uh, bloody wishlist marks game, trying to detective agency on Steam. I want to talk fast like the Micro Machines guy, but I can't. Um, <laughs> I will work on it though. I promise I have goals. So, you know. To be clear, that was the Chinatown detective agency. Go wishlist that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, exactly. And I knew what you were saying and I didn't even know what you were saying. Yes, I was talking in cursive. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't do murder.